0: Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas, mostly but not exclusively BL dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, welcome to episode eight of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Today it's all about word of honor. This is M, and let's get right into it first going to do a little recap and then just give my my thoughts on the show overall in this episode we'll be talking about episodes 34 through 36 and I guess a little bit about episode 37 episode 34 episode 34 we have dinner with all the players involved together with one Cushing so that's Chung Ling Dao Wu the prince um Uncle Shen Weining, Gaoshang, everyone including Zozushi. While at the center, Wan Cushing is explaining what the plan had been for him to seek his revenge and everyone is happy except for Zozushi who of course knows that he has removed the seven nails. No one else knows this. So they're all sitting and celebrating together while Wan Cushing is explaining they're drinking and Wan Cushing can tell he is upset but he doesn't know about what. He's assuming that So Zoshu is upset about not being told the plan. Zoshu punishes Wan Cushing as his, you know, disciple or as his uh, his second brother um, for keeping the truth from him by telling him he has to empty three jugs of wine. So he gets drunk. Later, we see Wan Cushing come into the room completely inebriated and telling Zoshu how happy he is and how meeting him has changed the trajectory of his life. He had planned to burn the world and himself with it, but now he feels carefree and happy having met someone who accepts him. The whole time he's talking, he is hugging Zozashu, and is just listening with tears in his eyes. He smiles when he hears about the impact he made on Wan Cushing, but at the same time, he looks quite devastated. The rest of the episode involves the preparations in Ghost Valley for the wedding between Sawining and Kaohsiung. So just the word on... The acting in this episode, or specifically Sean jae acting in this episode, he definitely deserves kudos for comp- uh, portraying the very conflicted emotions that So Sushu is going through, you know, at this time. He's happy for Wan Cushing, of course, that Wan Cushing is able to seek his revenge and kind of close that chapter in his life. But on the other hand, he's listening to Wan Cushing make these plans for what they can do together. Well, you know, while he's drunk and speaking to him and he knows that there's no way he's going to be able to to do these things with one Cushing because he's he's dying. And I had thought before, like, oh, he might be able, he might tell him and that's going to be make one Cushing feel terrible. But actually, he doesn't even tell him at all, probably to spare one Cushing's feelings. Although, I mean, eventually they would know. Right. Because there's no way he can stop what's happening. He's already removed the nails. So. But the the just emotion that Zhang jing hong is portraying here is you know it's wonderful it's it's great to see his his acting take the forefront in these scenes episode 35 we have preparations for the wedding Shu, as i said still has not told Wang cushing that he has removed the nails so everyone's in a wonderful mood they're all happy they get to celebrate gao shang and sao winning getting married as the wedding is about to start, word comes down that members of the Gentle Wind sect, which was Sao sect, are there to attend the wedding in Ghost Valley. This is all, all these preparations are taking place in Ghost Valley. Wan Cushing is hesitant. He appears to have some reservations, but ultimately decides to let them in because Gao Xiang is, you know, telling him about when they took her in and cared for her and treated her well. And Sao is confused, but of course happy that his sect would come to his wedding and apparently forgive him even though he eloped with Shang. But um, Wan should have gone with his instincts because this was a mistake. Sao Wenning's former master tries to convince him to abandon Shang, which Sao Wenning refuses to do. He has promised to always be with her, always have her back. And so the former master kills him. He just snaps his neck. You know, it's very sad. And horrible because this person is acting like he's a good guy, but look what he did to his disciple. Gao Shang, of course, you know, wants revenge. She begins fighting, uh, no longer to protect Sao Weining. Sao Weining is, is gone instantly. But Gao Shang is killed trying to get revenge for Sao because she's got martial arts skills, but this is the head of the Gentle Wind sect. So, so there's really no way she can fight him. While all of this ruckus is going on, the people inside, Juan Cushing, Zoza Shu, everyone inside realizes something's going on because someone has banged one of the drums. And they're like, why are they banging the drums again? And they realize something's going on and they go running out. And so it just turns into a full-on battle between members of the Gentle Wind sect and Ghost Valley inhabitants, including Auntie Lo and, and Beauty Ghost and everything. So Juan Cushing sees Gao Shang, and he, you know, immediately tries to get to her, is able to get to her and holds her in his arms. Of course, he's not going to be able to save her. And it's like a really bittersweet scene at this moment, because she's still calling him master. She's used to doing that. And he tells her, you know, call me brother. And so for the first and, and last time, while she's alive, she calls him brother. And she asks him to kill the leader of the gentle wind sect for her. Because she's not going to be able to do it. And it's so sad as she's saying goodbye to him. She's like, I'm not going to be able to t- 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 take care of you anymore. Because that's always her thing. She always wants to care for Wong Cushing. The same way he always wants to care for her. The former master of the Gentle Wind Sect, who in his own mind maybe thinks he's a good guy, but he's really not. Is there trying to get pieces of the gla- glazed armor, which Wong Cushing doesn't have. And in the meantime, while all of this is going on, Scorpion King is watching. He has his own ambitions right and so he releases the drug men into the fighting and this causes even more confusion so now we've got the drug men just attacking everyone in sight members of the gentle wind sect ghost valley inhabitants just everyone and despite all this confusion going on wang cushing does not waver from his goal in this moment his goal in this moment is to kill the leader of the gentle wind sect like ashang asked him to not just because he wants his own revenge but he wants to fulfill ashang's last wish so he just is barreling through drugmen on his way to get to the leader of the gentle Wind sect. He fights him. He is severely injured in the fight. And Scorpion shows up, Scorpion King shows up wanting glazed armor, or whatever from one cushing. One Cushing is kind of like whatever. Because at this time he's he's dying, really. He's been injured in the fight. He doesn't think he's gonna make it. And Zoza Shu comes to his aid. Doesn't fight for him, but gets Scorpion King to back off. Um, he's got his his sword on, on Scorpion King's neck. So Sor- Scorpion King has no choice but to back off. And he's like, you can do whatever, but let me take Juan Cushing back with me. Which Scorpion King allows. So he doesn't get killed. At the end of this episode, or towards the end of this episode, um, Dawu, just with the way that Zozushu is acting, realizes that something's wrong. And realizes that Zozushu has removed... The Seven Nails. But despite this. So is going to go on one last mission. He's trying to get to the armory. Because all these other people. Are also trying to get to the armory. They want the, what they think is the treasure inside the armory. So his one last mission. Is to stop Scorpion King and allies. From entering the armory. And he asks Prince Qi. To look after Lao Wang and Chengling, Who he calls his family. He asks them to look after his family. Because he knows he's, he's probably not. Coming back. In episode 36, well, before that, um, you know, he's basically also having to leave Chen Ling there and telling him to watch out for Lao Wen, right? Because he knows if Lao Wen wakes up, the first thing he's going to do is try to go after Zhou And he's really in no condition to do that. And poor Cheng Ling, who pa, Ling has had so much loss. He's lost his parents. He has these new people in his life who. He's calling them Master and Uncle, Ma- Uncle Master, but un- Marshall Uncle. But you know, it's really he views them as his guardians and parents as well, and he's losing them. He's had the the highs and lows of thinking they were going to be able to save Zozushu because Dawu had had thought he'd be able to save them, and then now to discover that he's going to lose them anyway, since Zozushu has removed the nails. And there's no way of knowing what's going on with Wan Cushing, whether he's going to wake up again or not, and even if he does wake up, what's going to happen with him? So episode 36, almost all parties are converging onto the armory to try to gain entry, including Shu. Wan Cushing is still unconscious from the episodes of the, from the events of episode 35, and Shu has said his goodbyes um, to chun Ling, making him promise not to tell Wan Cushing where he's gone. When he arrives, all the players are stalled outside because after placing the piece of the glazed armor together, they still cannot open the door because the key they try to use to open it is actually a fake. After an exchange of words between Zozashu and Scorpion King, after Zozashu kills the current leader of Sword of Heaven, an avalanche occurs. And I still can't figure out if it was just a random avalanche or, as we will see in a minute or two, Juan Cushing comes... Jumping down from the sky. So I'm not sure if he caused the avalanche or not. In any case, the avalanche is occurring. Everyone's running for their lives except for Zozichu, who is standing there preparing to die. One Cushing appears and grabs the hairpin from Zozichu's hair. And just as I mentioned in a previous podcast, and as I suspected, that hairpin actually turns out to be the key to the armory. And Zozichu and one Cushing jump inside right as the door is completely covered in snow. And Like I said, I was almost 100% sure that that hairpin was the key because Juan Cushing has had that his entire life. And in terms of the cinematography, whenever they were showing Juan Cushing as a child, they were making sure that they were getting that hairpin in in the screen. So it was obviously very important. It was foreshadowing. After they're inside of the armory, I actually found this pretty funny that Wong Cushing is mad. <laughs> He's upset as Shu, that Shu had left him behind. And usually it's Wong Cushing who's kind of in the doghouse, but here it's clearly Zozashu who's in the doghouse, and he knows it because he can barely look in Wong Cushing's eyes as Wong Cushing is like, you know, what were you thinking? <laughs> you left me. If I hadn't followed them, I would not have not known where to go and and Zoza is just kind of like looking down in shame. You know? So finally, after 36 episodes, <laughs> it's Zoza Shu in the doghouse. I actually re- rewatched that a number of times, not just to see Wan Cushing flying through the air and grabbing the hairpin, but also just that scene between Wan Cushing and Zoza Shu and one Cushing is giving him what for. <laughs> Wan Cushing explains that Ye Bai Yi actually woke him up and saved him and by following scorpion king Juan cushing was able to get to the armory and arrive you know just in time and they explore the armory and they they discover what the treasure is and it's something that it's not what everyone thinks it is and it's a very valuable treasure but it's not what all of these people think it is and they sit down to perform the ritual a ritual that will save those life But one Cushing is keeping yet another secret and the other secret is that he will probably die from this ritual trying to save those because the ritual destroys all the meridian of the person giving you know energy to the person that that they are trying to save episode 36 what appears to be the final episode ends with one Cushing collapsing his hair has gone white and he's collapsed after having saved those so. If you like that ending, you can end there. You can also try to look around for episode 37 on the internet. (laughs) Um, Yoku, I believe, still has episode 37 behind a paywall. If you have Vicky pass, then you'll be able to see it on Vicky. And if not quite honestly, just doing a search into YouTube, people have put it on YouTube. On Twitter, people have put clips from episode 37. Episode 37, we see... It's years and years later, actually, because we see Chun Ling as an adult talking about what happened in the armory to these two, you know, warriors. And we see Wan Cushing and Zosu Shu talking, fighting slash flirting, and they're alive. They're both alive. They look happy. Wan Cushing still has his white hair, but they look... They appear to be immortal now, and they're just going to spend the rest of their immortality with each other, with their soulmates, fighting and flirting. So I thought it was a very fit ending. I like happy endings, so I liked that that they did episode 37 apparently they had to do it kind of separately because since it is a bl for the censors you're really not allowed to have them have their you know happy ever after so they included it in a separate episode it's kind of like a bonus clip kind of thing the beginning of this of episode 37 are just flashback scenes and stuff like that and then it gets to the the later story changling and his adult and what happens with One Cushing and Zozoju? You don't actually see. It is years later, so you don't actually see how it is that One Cushing has survived. Maybe he was not really going to die in the first place. That was just for dramatic effect, or maybe somehow Zozoju saves him, or maybe Yeba Ye appeared out of nowhere and saved him. We don't know. I've actually seen some very interesting fan fiction coming out where Ye Bai Yi is the one who is able to, he gets to the armory and he sacrifices himself and his own immortality to save one Cushing. But I guess we'll never really know. So my final thoughts. I'll talk a little bit about the downsides first. The downside to this show is definitely the lack of budget. It's clear that they are reusing the sets fairly often. We see them walking through the same woods fairly often, walking around the same lake. Ghost Valley location of the armory, Wong Cushing's confrontation with second uncle, those are all clearly on the same set, just decorated differently. Also, I can't believe I'm about to say this because I usually complain about the length of c dramas, but this show definitely needed to be longer. The last few episodes of the series appear to be rushed as they wrapped up the story. The whole scene in episode 34 where they're all having dinner together and Wong Cushing is explaining how everything went down about how he tricked everyone and pretended to be dead etc this was all clearly a way for them to explain all of the all of the maneuvering to the audience without having to show us because by showing us all of these things it probably would have added another episode or two to the show and they didn't have enough money for that even what we got thank goodness for Wolong nuts i don't know if it's for sale anywhere here in the u.s but um, you know maybe if i saw it somewhere i'd buy a bag just to thank them for investing money into the show and allowing it to be made and continued. Even if we didn't get it, all the episodes we wanted, we got 36 great episodes. I've talked a little bit about downsides. We talk about the upsides, everything else. The scriptwriter taking care to make this the BL instead of copying out and making it a bromance. I've seen complaints as far as directing that there was not enough martial arts and too much twirling around, but I actually didn't have a problem with this because I didn't view this as a strictly martial arts show. To me, it was more about found family and relationships, about broken people putting themselves back together, about change. Martial arts was secondary to me. Gao Shang's character was a delight. I've heard or read online, you know, due to COVID, that some of the actors change. The actor who played Scorpion King was the original one, Cushing, but he... that up to be scorpion king he thought it was a better fit i agree scorpion king was awesome gong chun and jean jehan were the ones were bought in to be on the show the actress who played gao shang was in in on the project originally and stayed on despite the delays and COVID and everything else she stayed on with the show even though apparently she she was in a, I haven't seen her in anything else so but she was in a really famous movie and probably would have had a pick of other projects but she decided to you know honor her commitment to word of honor and I probably I have no idea if this is true but I wouldn't be surprised if it's because she read the script and saw what a kick butt character Gao Shang was and decided to stick with this just so she could play this character because Unfortunately, I've said this before, sometimes the way the female characters on see C-dramas, it needs some work, but Gao Xiang was an awesome character and probably, you know, this actress probably was like, I really want to play this person. Now for Zhang Jihan and Gon Jung, just a, a few words about them. I mean, what more can I say? I've said a lot in all these podcasts, but what more can I say? The acting here was top-notch and I really think that they actually bought out the best in each other. I was not familiar with John Jae-hong before this, but I have been watching some of his previous work just to get a feel for him in other projects, you know, as I've seen him on Word of Honor. His acting was fine. I'm not going to say it was bad. Actually, the things I've seen him in, um, Rio Pavilion, I couldn't finish, and it was not him. It was the female character. Unfortunately, again, it's, it's, sometimes the female characters are written, it's something that needs to be worked on for C-dramas. His acting was fine, but... In all honesty, the best chemistry I've seen him have so far has been with Gong Jun. Gong Jun has also had the chance to really spread his acting chops here. Having the opportunity to play a morally complex character instead of that same cold type of character that he seems to have been pigeonholed in up until now. I think this series has opened people's eyes to what both of these actors can do. Hopefully it's given Gong Jun confidence as a less experienced actor and been a relief to Zhang Jeehan to receive this acknowledgement from people after a decade in the industry i don't know if he has any plans whatsoever to direct but from what i've been reading a lot of the scenes that people love from the show were made through suggestions from from jean Jehan about how they should be filmed or acted or whatever so maybe it's something he's interested in the future i don't know or maybe he doesn't want to maybe he just wants to see it acting i don't know but uh you know, if he's interested in, in directing, I think people will listen. As of the recording of, of this app, this podcast, the Word of Honor concert has passed. And I didn't watch the concert, but I got to see clips online, including one where in an emotional moment, Zhang Jihan calls himself Gongjun's Gaga. I'm probably pronouncing it terribly, but it means older brother. And he tells him he will be for, there for him in the future if he needs him. It was an incredibly sweet moment and I love that it's further evidence to me that and watching all the behind the scenes that I've seen, there's mutual respect between these two actors who came into a project that had no money and no expectations and they came out of it having been part of something great in large parts to their efforts and the also the efforts of the supporting cast and the staff that worked on the show. So that's it great show definitely something that I would rewatch and you know it's clear that I love this show I'll definitely rewatch it while I wait for other Chinese BLs to come out because some of the political stuff I have to say it was a lot some of the political stuff I want to go over again and I feel like I've even seen certain episodes where I'm like oh I I didn't see that the first time and I'll catch something new when I see it again so I want to rewatch this show as a whole and You know, we're waiting for other Chinese BLs to come out. I I think watching Avenue X's channel, I think she was saying probably nothing's coming out until July. But whatever else does come out, they are going to have some pretty big shoes to fill after the success of Word of Honor. It's it's pressure. (laughs) I'm not sure if if I envy those other projects. And they probably all are going to be dealing with a bigger budget than Word of Honor had. So then it's going to be like, well... Word of Honor didn't have a lot of money and they were still able to do this. You know, what about you? But this shows you, you don't need a tremendous budget. Money is good. I'm not going to lie. Money is good. But you don't need a tremendous budget if you've got great acting, good directing, and good storytelling. Word of Honor is proof of that. But anyway, that's that's it. That's my ramble. Those are my thoughts. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at DramaWatcher6 or through email at dramawatchernotes at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.